Hey, welcome to Life 2.0 Podcast. I'm John St. Augustine. Time to go up the down staircase in the outdoor. Make sense out of the senseless. If at all possible, find the obvious beard in the absurd. Hold on to your friggin' lug nuts, kids. It's time for an overall. Let's do it. you joining me from anywhere and everywhere around planet earth the technology that is in this new computer i'm using i'm finally basically out of my old trusty dusty dell 13 years old and took a lick and it kept on ticking every time Uh, but i was talked into this computer by my computer guy he's like john at some point you're going to turn on the button on that dell and it's not going to turn on you don't want to be in that position so as much of a stick in the mud as i can be when it comes to using things over and over again i think I got that from my dad who, you know, if there was duct tape and a a hammer, you just kept fixing stuff until it totally fell apart. But you can't do that with technology. So I'm on the new computer. It's a little smaller machine than the other one, but much more efficient. Uh, There's more technology on this new Dell that I have than there was on the first lunar module of that, I'm certain. So I'm learning the ropes on this, but I'm basically out of the old machine. I'm going to set it up over here in my studio, put a little light on it because it did so much work. I think about nine books done on that computer, three of my own and and six or seven or so for other people, clients of mine, countless hours of uh, audio production, which is just, you know, the backbone of the work that I do. And then all the rest of the stuff that gets backed up on a computer. It's fascinating to me. It's not unlike, right, our human nervous system, because there's always something getting downloaded into us, no matter which way we turn these days. And so uh, I'm on the new machine. I'm kind of getting to where we're going to have a little bit of a working relationship here yet. Uh, but uh, we'll see how that goes. And, it, and this today is a, a different show. Full disclosure, I usually do these shows uh, pretty much real time live on Saturdays. But that's not the case today. And before I move forward again, let me just say thanks to all of you who uh, connected with me this past week after you heard the interview that I did last week with General James Mukiyama and uh, about his book, Faith, Family, and Flag. Uh, I got, I don't know, 40 emails, text messages, you know, carrier pigeons, whatever, uh, about the conversation that uh, the general had and his, his really remarkable uh, rise from a, a Chicago kid to one of the top-ranking generals in the Army and his experiences in Korea and Vietnam. And uh, the fact that we went to the same high school, even though we're many years apart, was was pretty cool, too. So thanks for all that. And the good thing about this, which is very different than radio when I started back in 19, never mind what year it was, is that these things live on in infamy and perpetuity. You know, you put this stuff up on the Internet and every show I've done for the last five years is still there. You can go click. I hear from people who listen to stuff I did four years ago. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, but it's still there. So I kind of go back and refresh. But today is being taped on a Friday. And there's a reason for that. Because later uh, yesterday afternoon, which would have been a Thursday, so follow me here, take notes, kids, it's important. I was uh, in conversation, virtual conversation on Facebook, the great landfill of Facebook with Lizelle Elliott, who is in France. And you can do that on with the technology. It's freaking amazing, really. So we're going back and forth on things. Now, you might recognize her name from the show I did called The Bridge for a Year with China because she was a guest on the show, as was her son, because the guy's an amazing musician, which we'll get to in just a minute. 
And, you know, you can connect with people, go back and forth. And so at some point, we're just on a roll. It's just the way it happened. I needed a break in my afternoon. I've been producing stuff for five hours and I need a little break. Up pops Lizelle with some music. And it was like at the perfect time. So we went back and forth and promised to stay in touch and see where things go. And I reconnected with her again in the morning. And I said, wait a minute, why don't you just jump on and we can do this on the podcast instead of clicking back and forth and texting. And so Lizelle Elliott joins me from France. Good day to you. Good day to you, John. It's very nice to sit and listen to somebody else talking, except, you know, myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we were conversing in the little chat box on Facebook, and at one point you started sending me audio messages. You're like, I'm tired of texting and and clicking. And, you know, I never used that option. So thanks for doing that. It was like breaking the day. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I just got lazy, I think. That's what it is. Uh, plus, it was 11 o'clock at night for you. I mean, mm. I was still in the shank of the evening for me. Yeah. 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 But one of the reasons that among many reasons I wanted you to have a come on talk on is about this work that you do in the world, which is always I've been watching you for years, kind of chipping away at the human condition. And you have this way about you where authenticity is the lead. And I think people at any other time that I can remember in my history are looking for authenticity. We're, we're kind of tired of the, the you know, the, the 14 quick steps to huge success. We're looking yeah. for something with a lot more meat to it. You seem to be, in some ways, a bit of a uh, a reluctant prophet. <laughs> that wow, I've I've never sort of heard myself called that before. But I I I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, I just I think that we all go through so much stuff, and uh, we tend to get very you know for formulaic like you were just suggesting you know mm -hmm. we get pretty much like here you go if you do this everything's going to be okay if you do it this way this is how much money you'll have or this is how many follows followers you'll have or whatever the case may be and and i think when we fall short of those um those check points if you will um you know, it can be quite a comparison game, especially, especially uh, now where so much of our life, or at least <laughs> the visible part of it, the one, the part that we like to put up on the screen is, is on social media, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's out there for people to see and to compare and, uh, and, um, and yeah, I think authenticity is incredibly important in that, um, nobody's got it right. You know, we're all just muddling our way through, quite frankly. That's the truth. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and so, you know, no matter what book you read, 12 steps to you know, being mm -hmm. a superpower, yeah, it's not that easy. With you leading the way with this authenticity, which, as I said, is not what usually sells, but apparently people are connecting with you literally from around the world because of that. I mean, it's really... Probably not anything you thought you'd be doing at this point in your life. Uh, not at all. Uh, you know, the interesting thing is I've 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 always sort of worked um, helping people. You know, in some way, shape, or form. I, I've I've uh, either been uh, working as a remedial therapist, or I have been working um, in in helping you know to counsel people from mm -hmm. a, a spiritual perspective, if you will, and. Um, and about, interestingly, in about 
three and a half, four years ago, my son, Alessandro, who I, whom I call Gandalf the Green, oh. <laughs> um, he's, uh, he said to me, you know, mom, what you do would do really well on TikTok. And I, I said to him, well, number one, what is TikTok? Right. Um, and he said, no, well, you must you must download it. Have a look at this application. Download it. It's kind of like Facebook, but it's a, it's the new thing, you know. And I just thought, oh goodness me, <laughs> I don't really know how anything I you know. And I, I downloaded this application and I had it on my phone and I looked at it and I thought, I I don't know what potential he sees for me to be you know doing anything. He said, I tell you what, mom, you you have a lot of good stories. You you know you you don't mind talking a lot <laughs> he said get on there make the stories that you normally talk about put them in video format and just see what happens and uh, and i sort of hummed and hard and i thought oh well what, what the heck so uh, after a couple of months i started putting up videos and now tiktok has this uh i suppose it's just an aspect of it where you you can't go live on TikTok. You can put up videos, but you can't go live until mm -hmm. you have a thousand followers. Mm. Now that was fine. So I he, I just kept putting up uh, daily videos, inspirational. What I thought was somewhat inspirational and encouraging videos. And eventually, I hit the one thousand mark uh, mm -hmm. for followers. And well, <laughs> life changed from that day. Um, I went on a live video and a few people joined and then a few more people joined and a few more people joined and people were asking me questions. And, and after I came off of that live uh, conversation or chat, if you will, with people, because, because people can type their questions in the window that I mm -hmm. can answer then on screen. And my website had 2000 hits. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> it was like quite a lot of traffic. And now as as I'm sitting here, uh, my TikTok following is at 1.1 million. And don't get me wrong, I, I work very hard for that. Mm -hmm, <laughs> I do work mm -hmm, very hard. Clearly, clearly. Um, and I do, uh, I am pretty consistent with my, my but it, it has really just gone crazy. And um, so, no, I didn't anticipate that this would be what I would be doing at this time. You know, I, I thought I would be uh, just plodding along in my same old way, which was quite fine. Right. It wasn't, right. I didn't have any issue with it. Um, this has really made me understand something, though, because I poo pooed TikTok. And one of the things that I said to my son was, you know what? Um, the, the people on here are way too young. I'm not going to connect with them. Um, you know, they, they feel like they're, they're children. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that, you know, this message can be for them. And I was completely and utterly wrong. And that was uh, incredibly, you know, a, a, a false impression that I had of that. Because what I realized is that there are so many things that I take for granted that I know I guess just from life experience, you know, you just mm -hmm. you you have a a set of tools that you start to develop or you 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 get over time from experience and and there's so much that I take for granted that I know that other people don't know anything about. Yes. And um and 
what I realized was if I could just break it right back down and feed feed it into videos and into conversations and into lives and speak about things that I take for granted to people who have no idea what I'm talking about. And, and as an example, one of the things I do is I, have, I always travel with a tarot deck. I've had this tarot deck for 25 years. Mm -hmm. And before now, you go ahead, explain yeah. what that is. Okay, so tarot deck is a, a, a tech, a, a, in old fashioned terms, it's a deck of cards uh, that people would have originally used for divination or fortune telling, if you will. Now for me, I don't see it as a fortune telling tool. I, I find it a very, it's a tool of self empowerment for me because you can pick a card every day. And if you look at it, there is just so much information for you that you can use for yourself. It can give you a little bit of guidance if you're asking yourself, uh, you know, certain questions or what directions to take in life. For me, I can pick a card and I usually just meditate on it. So what does that mean for me? You know, what, what aspect of self can I explore through this? So I, I've had this deck for, for 25 years. It's pretty gnarly. <laughs> it's, it's been used a lot. And um, uh, I started just pulling cards for people um, in lives. And that too just just absolutely took off. It, 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 people will ask me now, um, you know, questions which I can answer with the tarot, but then also give them an explanation of what that particular card means. Mm -hmm. uh, so much so that on TikTok, um, I've been able to create a series of videos teaching people how to read the tarot deck. Um, so, and I, I do say TikTok a lot because that is where the biggest audience is. But sure. subsequently, you know, Instagram, you know, I'm nearly now on 40,000 followers because that sort of has it sort of bleeds over you know um and my youtube channel is growing and and what i love about it is i'm also able to speak about things i like like and love uh and tools that i find extremely beneficial in life like meditation mm -hmm. um i've created a few guided meditations that uh just help people get out of their heads you know <laughs> we were so much in our heads and not in our bodies and and um and running around you know trying to multitask to the best of our ability i don't think anybody multitasks well quite frankly and um it just uh it just delights me uh again that the things that i've taken for granted uh spiritual practices that i've put into place for myself over the years other people can now benefit from it's like a core sampling of humanity the fact that there are 1.1 million people who are looking to be fed by what you have to offer on a spiritual level for sure. And then, you know, for, for you know, we chatted a little bit about this yesterday. I think our last no teacher was that, you know, as you point out, we're probably past the, in my estimation, would have been past any real deep dive into TikTok for me for sure. I mean, when I grew up, TikTok was the cuckoo clock sound. That's about as far as, or, or as goofy cat <laughs> videos or something that's all i know yeah. about it and yet technology is the it levels the playing field for everybody you know when i started in radio it was am and fm when yeah. i moved from am to fm and then fm to oprah radio it was on satellite radio and quite frankly i never thought satellite would ever make it i thought who in the hell would pay money <laughs> to have a subscription to listen to thousands of channels well it turns out they do 
And mm-hmm. it took a little while for it to hit, that's for sure. But there's that piece. And then, you know, when podcasting started, I thought, who in the hell <laughs> you know, is going to sit down and pay? And it's the same thing over again. So when you were telling me a little bit about how this has expanded for you, it really comes down to, you know, information is just potential power to you apply it. And through Gandalf the Green there, he was able mm. to, uh, to, to work you through those things. And then obviously the result is that people around the world have access to the, what you have to offer. So, I mean, there's almost a spiritual component to this technology. As I mentioned here, you and I are speaking seven hours apart real time, mm-hmm. like you're in the room together. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so those things can be used for the greater good in a big way. Oh, my goodness, yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. Um, I, you know, I'm sure you, you, you're on Facebook and, and you work on Facebook quite mm-hmm, a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can see how when, you know, sometimes there's a bit of a, um, a bone of contention and, and people jump in and they start having opinions and all of a sudden there's a there's almost a brawl on the feed, you know, something has just mm-hmm. broken out. Um, I have been putting up a, a lot of videos and uh, specifically on TikTok and Instagram, but in those videos, I will always suggest that people engage with them, whether they agree or disagree, um, but in a respectful manner, um, because I feel like when we can have a, an open conversation about something, whether you agree or whether you disagree, we learn, we learn something, you know, um, very often somebody will make uh, an announcement on one of my videos and, and I look at it and I think, wow, I've, I've never really looked at it from that aspect or that point of view. That's interesting. Tell me more. Um, and I think when we are able to do that in public forum, especially when, you know, these videos are reaching a lot of people, the, one of the latest ones I've just put up is nearly 4 million views. That's a heck of a lot of people it's it going to. And there's a lot of engagement there. And um, and I, th- I think it really opens up interesting conversations. You know, four million views. Uh, you know, I mean, there's, when you look at the numbers of different uh, platforms, and I'm talking about, as I mentioned before, about books, for example. You sell four million books, people know who the hell you are. Oh, and yeah. when you start getting into numbers like that off a single message, I mean, I, I would guess at some point you sit back kind of in amazement, you know, that, that the, the, I guess the thing, everything is lined up to put you in this position. And I, I find it fascinating that, you know, the delivery systems have changed over the years, but the messages are basically the same. We have different yes. messengers and I'm always telling people, you know, when I work with them, I'm creating podcasts for them or whatever I'm doing. It's like, your only job is to deliver the mail. Whether people read the mail or not, you have no control over. But if you don't deliver the mail, at least from my experience, when I do this show once a week, uh, as I've done on all the platforms I've been on, whether I was at Oprah Radio or WGN in Chicago or Sirius XM or just doing my own thing, it's like, if I don't do this, then I kind of get like spiritual constipation. I get backed up on myself. Yeah. And I, yeah. do you have a similar thing like this is this is the calling that cannot be ignored for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, uh, the thing is, and this is the thing I had to sort of get over as well. I am. Um, I realize that I, I think about things a lot. <laughs> and when I think about things a lot, I try to figure it out. I try to figure out why things have happened to me in a certain way in my life. And I also 
like to believe that even when things have been pretty crappy, um, I've I've decided that I was either going to walk away wounded mm-hmm. or wiser, mm. and I hope that I opt for the wiser. You know, and I think that I I like to tell people that yes, you might be having a really crappy time right now, but what are you learning from it? What is the lesson? Yeah. You know, is there some? What is the takeaway? And so yes, I feel like. The questions I am asked, interestingly enough, because I'm I'm usually on there and 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 basically fielding questions, um, and I'm not really asked questions um, that only I can answer. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not the expert in this field. I'm I'm being asked what I consider to be very basic, <laughs> very basic questions, and those basic questions are. And yes, you do get you do get. Many people saying, you know, when am I going to meet the, the love of my life? I mm-hmm. mean, that is that is a very typical question to get. But I am also getting a lot of, what am I here for? What is my purpose here? What yeah. am I supposed to be doing here? What what am I meant to be doing? What is it all about? And um, and good grief, you know, these these are to me when I'm hearing that every day over and over again. Then you realize, gosh, there are a lot of people seeking what they're purposes or at least questioning what it might be and mm-hmm. um yeah well you know and i think about the consciousness shift that takes place over generations so i, I think about my folks just the generation in front of me and you know, i don't remember them ever having that conversation with me or e- with each other now they may have done it when they were out of sight out of you know from where i was at but in the, because of the way i grew up i started asking those questions and if they did, I never heard about it. So the difficulties and the challenges that I had growing up pushed me in a direction to either be a victim or a participant. I decided yeah. that it's better to be participating than being a victim. You can't be both at the same time. So to be a participant in what was going on meant I needed to extract lessons, as you point out. And that yeah. has been all the difference. The difficult situation I saw eventually, not right away, but eventually as an opportunity to grow from that and go beyond where they were at for no particular reason. So when you're getting these kind of questions and inquiries now, you can see that change in human beings is very slow. And we need yes. people to to put it out there. I reminded, you know, you go to class back in the day and the teacher did not write the textbook for sure, but they had a way to translate it that you could understand it. And I think a lot of the great truths are that, you know. So I've been doing this a long time, almost 30 years and thousands of shows and thousands of conversations. And, you know, inevitably I'll have somebody say, you know, you know, where did you, where have you come from? I've never heard anything like this. I'm like, I've been effing saying this for 28 years, brother. You know, so <laughs> you're now ready to hear it. So I think there's a lot of that plays too. Yes. Oh, no doubt at all. Um, I, I don't know what to add to that other than, you know, it's, it, it is important to keep going, keep doing, keep saying, uh, for me anyway, you know, it, it's, mm-hmm. it just feels like a natural extension of of who I am, and uh, I guess if it, if it certainly if it wasn't for TikTok, I'd be doing it somewhere else, and you know, mm. on a different platform mm. anyway. So it's just well, and as one who's worked in audio all these years, I got to tell you, one of your besides your authenticity, your voice is the thing here. It's your superpower. You have a tone and tenor about your voice because you're not from around these parts. You're no. from down under, <laughs> and there's something about the lilt in your voice and the and the way you you bring. I mean, to me, that's what the great ones do. You know, you 
we're going to have a couple songs in the show here. And I think that's where music speaks where words fail. And your voice has, in addition to the authenticity and the lessons and the work and the intent, you got to have the right voice to deliver the mail. When I was doing the show that you were on, The Bridge, we did that show for a year between Chicago and Beijing, you were on. And while the Chinese listeners could not understand anything I said, they came back feeling comforted by my voice. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is just me. But it was a different voice in a different time in a different part of the world. And it was interesting to hear that. So when I listen to you speak, I'm like all in. What do you want me to do? Where are we going? What's happening? <laughs> so that's part of it as well. So before we drop the, uh, the needle on this first song from your son, uh, can you just give us a little background on the Australian part of your life? Sure. So I... Um... I was actually born in Africa. I, I was born in Africa and I lived in Africa for the first 29 years of my life. And then I moved to Australia. Uh, my boys were young still. They're now in their 30s, of course, but um, they were seven and nine. And I moved to initially to Adelaide and um, fell in love with Australia. Australia, for me, when I think of, of home, I genuinely think Australia is home and I spent mm -hmm. 20 years there um, in different parts of Australia too not only in Adelaide I eventually went to Tasmania and then uh, ended up just before I came to France uh, in Queensland uh, where my dad still lives mm -hmm. and I still visit Australia um, every every two years or so just because it is for me I consider it the lucky country mm. I, I look at people there and I think this is a happy lucky country and you know just uh, just notice just faces you know open faces people who don't seem to have a lot of troubles you know mm -hmm. there's just mm -hmm. a general sense of, of well-being um, and of course all the beautiful beautiful open spaces there as well uh, coastline that is outstanding there's a real sense of um, and I guess because you know I was born in South Africa and there's that's uh, energy of the colonial if you will uh that's was very familiar to me when i went to australia it felt like oh this this feels like home as mm. well you know it really felt like i could settle in that miss a real sense of camaraderie i think australia is one of the countries in the, the top countries in the world where volunteering for anything whether it be you know when we needed to host the olympics or whatever they've got one of the highest uh statistics uh or, rates of volunteers who will volunteer their time um and i i find for anything for any mm -hmm. kind of event or charity or whatever whatever the case may be and i i i feel that there there's a real sense of okay let's you know real down to common down to earth i love it love it down to earth is the right way to describe it um sense of of mateship hmm so yeah so I, I do i love australia very much as i said my, my eldest son still lives in australia and my dad lives in australia so uh it's it will always hold a very special place uh in my heart you know for most of us in the states and i mentioned it to you uh before we started taping that you know until paul hogan came along <laughs> none of us here knew what was going on down there. And he, <laughs> he first started selling shrimp on the Barbie and walking on the beaches and having a fast as lager. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, I guess that's, a, that's better than no way to getting in there. 
but then, of course, the movie, Crocodile D, all of a sudden, yeah. as we do here in the States, everybody starts walking around going, crikey, and we don't even know what the <laughs> F we're talking about. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. And it's so funny because Paul Hogan is so broad in his accent, you know. He's mm-hmm. like he's like a stereotypical caricature of the place, but it's just it's just um it, it is it's a wonderful movie to rewatch as well. I mean mm-hmm. seriously. It's so much fun, isn't it? Can you do the uh no that's not a knife thing. Oh <laughs> I think I could do uh let me let me just think of the line. Oh call that a knife? That's not a knife. <laughs> and he pulls this fourteen-foot sword out of his pants. It's pretty hilarious. That's yeah. a knife. That's, and that's and, and a same knife. thing. And everybody walked around here going, "Now that's a knife, right?" <laughs> Good stuff. Listen, I want to drop the needle on Alessandro's one of his songs. He was on the bridge as well, I believe. We had him on back in the yeah. day, and this was written either right in the beginning of the pandemic or right in the middle of it. And I. This kid's talent is from up on high. Is that not right? Yeah, he's he's a he. Uh, as I said, Gandalf the Green, uh, but <laughs> super <laughs> duper talented and yeah, just ridiculous over overachiever, really. Yeah. Let's listen. <laughs> okay. I believed in humanity. You gave us a problem and we fixed it. But you gave us a thousand problems and we deemed the mountain too tall to climb. Came faster than a tidal wave We've seen this all before Barricades block our favorite places Never to be loved again The governments were too slow The excuse those of us left known was the lie We used to help us sleep At night it was just easier It was just easier to wait it out What's the point writing love songs when you're the only one left in the world? On a broken piano in an empty CD, I let go of my dreams of a girl. Where we fell, it wasn't with a bang, it was a whisper that nobody heard. Now all that's left are the regrets of the people who never fully lived in the forgotten. Hold myself into work Into a job that don't exist no more I can't even remember what he was for And then the paper screamed No more humanity, we locked them up We lost ourselves It was just easier It was just easier to wait it
I think the first time that I was introduced to you on Facebook, you and Alessandro were singing together, something. Yeah. And I just thought, who are these people <laughs> singing? Because it was so fantastic. And then over the over time, he, uh, he sent me a few of his songs, and I listened to this, and I think this is as good of anything that I've heard in the last ten years about anything. I mean, it, what an incredible talent he has. He has the little bugger, you know. <laughs> so he 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 was first on a stage when he was five years old, you mm. know. And what struck uh, us about him then was that at five, you know, you can't really tell if somebody's a great singer or not. You really can't. You can you can sort of go. That kid just really wants to be on stage. He mm-hmm. is he is shy. Like he was that confident, and he just. And it used to do my head in. He used to do a lot of musical theatre, and I'd say, Alessandro, you have to rehearse. Like you, you, and he used to look at me and go, "Mom, you know it's going to be okay on the day." And it was like, oh, far out, man. And, you know, he used to just be so into it. And then, you know, he started writing. Uh, I think he wrote his first song. He was about twelve, and. Um, it was dreadful. Um, it was a dreadful song because he had zero life experience, as mm-hmm. you can imagine. It was just some nonsense. But gosh, that boy can write. You know, he. I've listened to a couple of his things recently, just in the car, and I think, you know, that's as good as anything I've ever heard. Um, you know, just and and I say, yeah, I say that with bias, but I also don't. You know, he's yeah. he's a bloody good songwriter as well as a performer so yeah it's a, it's astonishing because the uh the videos for that song in particular were so moving to me and i think and i think he did all this himself he did I yes mean, he has a degree in filmmaking yes. yeah so yeah <laughs> fantastic stuff so yeah. music has been something you know for for a year i did a show called the doll of music in washington and i even though I've made my bones and cut my teeth in talk radio for a very, very long time, I always want to do music. I think music is the universal language. I didn't make that up. It's just the way it is. It brings people together that normally wouldn't be together. Charlie Daniels, the late great country singer, said those 12 chords can change life. We may disagree on everything else, but you put the right chords in the right slot and everybody sings the same song, you know? Yes. And so yesterday, this is how it all started, folks. So uh, I'm working away as I usually am, kind of lost track of time. It's getting towards late in the afternoon. And all of a sudden, Lizelle pops up and says, Here, here's this song from your friend. And then I'm going to play this, and then we're going to come back to the other side and talk about why this uh, this struck you so much, okay? Okay. Had an uncle named Matthew. 
was his father's only boy Born just south of Colby, Kansas Was his mother's pride and joy and Joy was just a thing he was raised on Love was just a way to live and die Gold is just a windy Kansas wheat field And blue is just a Kansas summer sky All the stories that he told me Back when I was just a lad All the memories that he gave me All the good times that he had Growing up a Kansas farm boy Life is mostly having fun Riding on his daddy's shoulders Behind a mule beneath the sun and Joy was just a thing he was raised on Love was just a way to live and die Gold is just a windy Kansas wheat field And blue just a Kansas summer sky Well, I guess there were some hard times And I'm told some years were lean They had a storm in 47 A twister came and stripped them clean He lost the farm and he lost his family He lost the wheat and lost his home But he found the family Bible The faith is solid as a stone And joy was just a thing he was raised on Love was just a way to live and die Gold is just a windy Kansas wheat field And blue just a Kansas summer sky So he came to live at our house and he came to work the land Came to ease my daddy's burdens And he came to be my friend So I wrote this down for Matthew It's for him the song is sung Riding on his daddy's shoulders Behind a mule beneath the sun Joy was just a thing he was raised on Love was just a way to live and die Gold is just a windy Kansas wheat field And blue was just a Kansas summer sky Yes, and joy was just a thing he was raised on Love was just a way to live and die Gold is just a windy Kansas wheat field And blue is just a Kansas Summer sky. So, what does a song written back in 1974 <laughs> uh, have uh, a part in your life all these years later? What prompted all this? Oh. Well, first of all, my I I listened to that particular song, um, but many of John Denver's songs. But that particular song, my parents loved music. Okay, like there was not a day in our house that there was not music playing, and um, my dad particularly loved that song. My dad uh, didn't know his mother. 
uh, he, mm. he she left him uh, when he was three months old and he grew up with his dad his dad was an alcoholic but he loved his dad he his whole world was his dad and then his dad died when he was four, well his father died at 43 years of age oh boy. and so my dad was on his own and he was they lived on a farm and so that song for my dad i just listened to it and i think oh that that's my dad's song mm. you know that's that's for him but you know listening to that as well john i mean good grief the way um john denver describes the earth you feel it you mm-hmm. know when mm-hmm. i when he sing he's got such a, a way of to me a natural extension of spirit like he's mm-hmm. got the way of, of bringing the earth right through him and you can hear it you can truly feel sunshine on your shoulders oh. you know um and so i'm listening to that and just thinking oh my gosh i can see the sky mm-hmm. i can see that sky and and it it, it just I feel it so, so intensely. But for me, all music just goes right to the guts, yeah. <laughs> right to the emotion, you know, like, boom, I'm right back. You know, in 1974, I was three years old. Oh, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> I was already in high school, but whatever. <laughs> oh, well, it ends up You're 100% correct. I mean, the reason I even attempted to do a year's worth of programming in Washington and New York City, two tough markets for radio to begin with, with no background in music per se as a disc jockey, which are now instead of disc jockeys, they're digital jockeys at this point. Hmm. Um, is I needed the challenge, number one. Number two, because music has played such a profound uh, role in my life and so many people's lives, I say this to people quite often when I go out and do talks or whatever, I'd like, you know, the average male over 50 years old in the United States knows the lyrics to 3,500 songs they never intended to learn by, because of repetition. <laughs> bye bye, Miss American Pie. Everybody yeah. knows you gotta drive your Chevy to the levee before the levee gets dry. And that's because of repetition and radio and the platform and the delivery system and over and over and over again. And these things then become ground into us and pull things out of us. So when I listen to satellite radio now, which I never thought would make it as I said, you know, we got the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. Every decade is represented in a channel. So when I'm listening to the 70s or the 60s, I am right back with my folks yeah. more than a half century ago. And that's the, the magic of it. So I think of your son singing these songs and bringing them out to the world. And somewhere in the world, somebody's connecting going, that guy wrote this for me. Yes. You know? Yes. Powerful stuff. Yeah. Very powerful. And, and you know, I, I'm thinking on that song as well. My my mom, oh gosh, she passed away uh, a few years ago now. I've got really nearly eight, nine years. Hmm. And um, Sunday morning, um, she would decide to get up at about 6.30, 7am and she'd start vacuuming and, and hoovering, as you guys might say. And do you know... <laughs> that she she literally would crank old Kenny Rogers mm. and she would crank Don Williams and she would Don Williams the whole oh would love Don Williams and uh. and literally we I mean we just grew up on Christopherson you know kids my age thought I was a complete and utter lunatic uh-huh. um but my taste in music I love country music 
Charlie Daniels, Devil right. Down to Georgia. Oh, my God. I remember watching, used to record all these shows on the old VHS and rewind yes. them and watch them again and again and again. And so I, I just love that kind of music. It takes me right back to my parents. And, I mean, I had a really lovely upbringing you know i really had a, a really lovely home and lovely childhood and um and a happy one and uh, and those are just divine memories for me mm. a very similar sunday mornings my mom did not vacuum but mm. uh that's when they cooked breakfast together my dad worked all week and then my folks would hang out on saturday but sunday mornings was for breakfast and music and nice. when they got married their gift to each other 1958 was a grundig stereo with a turntable inside, it's a stand-up German Grundig. Yeah. I have that in my studio right here. I'm looking at oh, it. Oh, wow. How and lovely. I think they forked over 120 bucks back in the day, big money in 1958. Yeah. But the music and the sounds that emanated from this you know, cabinet that's as old as I am uh, is sacred to me. And so when yeah. I started putting together the Dow Music shows, I had that all in mind. The playlist from my time was Sinatra and Bobby Darin and Petula Clark yes. and the whole drill. And then you start adding music as you go along in your life, what means something to you. Uh, and when, you know, when, when John Denver came in uh, and I heard Rocky Mountain High the first time, I was living oh. in Chicago as a kid and all I could hear was the sound of the freeway right outside my window. But this guy was saying, there's mountains somewhere. And like yeah. you say, his voice was able to take me there and many other people too. So yesterday afternoon... I'm working my ass off over here in Chicago. And up pops Lizelle with Matthew right at the right time. I'm listening like, God, did I need this break? So thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> and then there it is. In the last few minutes we have together, I want people, if at all possible, with your permission to experience a little bit, in case they're not on TikTok, because many aren't that listen to the show yeah. around the world. If, they, if you could sort of... Um, uh, give us a preview or a little insight or a little presentation of what somebody would experience had they connected with you on TikTok, but doing it on this platform. Would you do that? Sure, and sure. The, and the microphone's I'll, I'll, yours. Yeah, not a worry. So the, the first thing that sort of comes to mind here is I want to talk a little bit about meditation. So TikTok, I create short videos, just short videos with just hopefully some nuggets <laughs> of wisdom that people mm -hmm. can use. So for example, um, I might start with something like, are you feeling overwhelmed? Uh, are you holding tightness in your jaw right now? Where are your shoulders? Are they up around your ears? Drop them down for a moment. Just sit with me, just sit with me for a minute. If you have never tried meditation and don't flick through or go past that, this video, stop, listen with me, take a nice deep breath in, breathe out, let go of your day. There, you've just meditated for potentially just 20 seconds, right? Now, if you do that every, every time you remember, not only will it boost your focus, it will reduce your stress and it'll bring you inner peace. So that's the kind of video I put up. Uh, that's just mm -hmm. an example of mm -hmm. the video. So I was um, doing this to... along with you. Yeah. And that whole thing about your shoulders up around your ears, that, that's, that's standard <laughs> operating temperature in this studio. And I, even, so, even though we're seven hours apart, I, I, just doing that, 
hearing you say that, taking a deep breath in, and then dropping my shoulders, I didn't even realize I had them hunched up. Yeah. Mm. But you see, John, what's kind of cool, I, <laughs> I would say that is about meditation, yes, but I spent quite a few years being a remedial therapist, and I worked at a mm. chiropractic uh, clinic. Okay. And I'd walk in and, you know, look at the person sitting behind the desk, uh, the receptionist say, hey, Drop your shoulders, man. Just drop, drop your shoulders. They're just you're wearing them like earrings. Yeah. Uh, so that was just my just my standard. Like you know, you become very aware of people's bodies. And so for me, it's. I think we were talking about this maybe off air at some point. You know, you get you have a little toolkit that you accumulate in your life. You know, your life experiences start to give you a set of tools. And another big question that I get asked on TikTok all the time is, what is my purpose? Well. For me, I believe that your purpose is to come here and find out what blows your hair back mm. and then practice it and live it and then give it away. And you have everybody has a unique lens, uh, you know, and that creates the toolkit that we carry with us. And we add to that toolkit as life goes by. And and then, you know, if you show up every day and this is what I do before I get onto TikTok, I say how may I serve you? How yeah. may I serve you? And when you do that and you ask with genuine intention, the people that you know, the people that you know need you will show up. You have a couple of books. Uh, I believe, but I'm not 100% certain that you were on with Millie the Dragon and the Genie with me at one point some, yes. on one of the platforms I've been on. And then you have Dear 3AM, which I can so relate to. Yeah. <laughs> For me, though, getting up very early is my sweet spot. If I'm working on a project, I'm at it from 3 o'clock to about 7 or 8 in the morning. That's where my brain is at its best, and it's kind of downhill from there. But this book, um, the, the description says, if you've ever found yourself lying awake at 3 a.m., this pocket full of poetry will appeal. Thoughts in the early hours can be so insightful and fleeting, and Lizelle navigates her way through the gap between awake and sleep with poise and proficiency. I hope you wrote this at 3 a.m. I did. Uh, I all, of this, all of this stuff came out. <laughs> There's a reason for that. Um, I, here's a little snippet from that book, uh, just a tiny little poem. Uh, Who are you in that sacred space between awake and sleep when there's no one else around and no identity to keep? Who are you when you drift off at night, leaving your soul to wander? In that moment of surrender, who are you? I wonder. You know, I have to say something. And what's interesting to me in in the business that I'm in and and in this career that I've had for three decades is that 90% of the people that I've worked with, I never see them. Uh, When you're in radio, it's all about the, you know, theater of the mind. So, of course, there's been times like I did last week when I had uh, the general in here, uh, James Mukiyama. He was in my studio. That's one out of 500 people I talked to because of technology allows for that. So you're in France right yeah. now. I'm in Chicago. My day is beginning. Your day is getting towards its end. Uh, we, we're at the opposite ends of the kind of the spectrum here. And you're reading this poem to me and you're doing this exercise and I'm able to do this in real time. And when people hear this show around the world, they'll be doing it in real time. The ripple effect is truly incredible from this. And I'm going back to your intent in this and I the last thing I have to ask you is where does this come from in you what was the 
what was the crux? What was the point? What was the, the pivot point? If there was one where you're like, this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. I mean, you did the mom thing and you've done the career thing. And, mm. But this is much deeper than, not that those aren't important, obviously, in the physical yeah. plane, but there's something much deeper going on with you. Where does that come from? Not to sound flippant, but I just don't like working for anybody else, John. <laughs> Listen, sister, this is why we get along so well. Neither do I. I don't like anybody telling me what to do. And I had a very serious conversation with the universe, man. And I was like, you know what? what how may I serve? Like, well, I know I'm pretty good at certain things. You know, I whatever I apply myself to, I can fly. I really do quite well. But I hate showing up at a job that's like a nine to five or a ah oh, bugger that. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. it just no, not for me. And um and I genuinely had that conversation where, you know what, what is it that I can offer? I'm willing to do it. I, I'm delighted to do it, but it has to suit me. And I think I could, I, you know, if anybody ever doubts that the law of attraction is, is a thing, mm -hmm. right? It is a thing. Um, and for me, it's just, I don't know what job, um, what the job looks like that allows me to sit at home looking out on a beautiful French uh, landscape in the middle of the country. There's a forest next door. There's deer in the garden. Okay. What job, what does that job look like that allows me to do that every day? Um, exercise when I want to exercise, go and make lunch when I want to make exercise, go and apply myself to, to work when I want to do that. And I'm abundant and I have enough and I feel satisfied because I am um, giving uh, of myself for good purpose and with good intention. What does that job look like, universe? And lo and bloody behold, here I sit. You know, this is the job that I'm doing. And that's lo what it looks like. Lo and bloody like. behold. <laughs> that's go. fantastic. You know, when you say that, how may I serve? You got to be ready to be yes. put up or shut up. I mean, people ask for things and you got to be careful how you put stuff out in the world. And if there was another illustration of the law of attraction is this bloody show we're doing today. I can't say it mm -hmm. like you do, but mm -hmm. it's a different word we use here. You use bloody, we use something different. But yeah. same intent. You know, I'm sitting here yesterday working. This pops up. Oh, it's Lizelle. What's going on? Music here. We went back and forth for what? 40 minutes? Yeah. Sending music back and forth to each other. Obviously needed to do that for whatever reason. And this morning I'm working on a couple projects. I have tapings all this afternoon. And I'm thinking about tomorrow morning with my podcast, which I can't wait to do because it's my time to put myself out back into the world, even though I'm helping other people do the same. And then it pops into my head. Put Lizelle on. You just did this conversation yesterday. Just continue it so everybody can hear it. And then the ripple effect goes from there. So however this gets into the world, once again, we've delivered the mail. And as I always say, uh, all we can do is deliver it. We can't make people read it, but we hope that they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for spending time with me. If people want to find you on TikTok, how do they do it? If they want to find an Instagram, how do they do it? And how do they find you online? Uh, so... Um my handle on TikTok and Instagram is exactly the same, the underscore eternal underscore tarot, the eternal tarot. Um, the way to know it's me, just so you know, because there are many 
copycat accounts, unfortunately, when you have yeah. a lot of followers, you get a lot of copycat accounts, um, is that um, on Instagram, there's a blue tick of verification. And on TikTok, there is only one account and it has 1.1 million followers, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and the website uh, that I have is theeternaltarot.com. Perfect and fantastic. Thank you so much for taking time out of your evening as I get start my day on this edge of the world. And I, I got, this song has been in my mind since you said, let's, yeah, you can jump on and do this. And I thought, I know we're going to add music into the show, uh, but I want to thank you for spending time with me. We're going to send people out with this, okay? Okay, beautiful. Thank you, John. One of my favorite singer-songwriters in the world, Colin Hay, who was the front man for Men at Work and, of course, with the huge hit Down Under, How Can I Not Play That? as we head out the door today on the Life 2.0 podcast. Until next time, be well, safe travels, keep the faith. Traveling in a fried out combi On a hippie trail, head full of zombies met a strange lady she made me nervous she took me in and gave me breakfast she said do you come from a land down under where women glow and men plunder can't you hear the thunder you better run and take cover Buying bread from a man in Brussels He was six foot four and full of muscle I said to you, speak my language, brother He just smiled and gave me a Vegemite sandwich And he said, I come from a land down under Where bitters flow and men they chunder Can't you hear the thunder? You better run, you better take cover. Mm -hmm. Lying in a den in Bombay with a slack jaw and not a lot to say. I said to the man, are you trying to tempt me? Because I come from the land of plenty. He said, oh, do you come from a land down under? Oh, yeah, yeah. Women glow and men plunder. Can't you hear the thunder? You better run, you better take cover, as we are. Living in a land down under, do you? Where women glow and men they plunder. Can't you hear the thunder? You better run, you better take cover, cause we are.
living in the land down under. Women glow, and men plunder. Can't you hear the thunder? You better run, yeah, yeah. Better take cover.